Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it is finally time to fill up our alien gut buckets. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including another new Galar region Pokemon for everyone to adore, and we do very much adore him. And then on Thursday, we are going to be drafting our perfect RPG parties from Nintendo characters. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing so good, Patrick. I'm looking at your deck of Sabacc cards Yes, from Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Yep, yep, that's Tra- right. Register trademark. That's right. Well, if we're registering the trademark, let's get the name right. It's Galaxy's Edge. Oh, it's of possessive. Course. It's the edge of the galaxy. Right, that, yeah. that's correct. Mm-hmm. And it is not to refer to the edge of multiple galaxies. It is singular galaxy apostrophe S possessive edge. Uh, yes, I, I got a, a set of Sabat cards. Uh, I was reading the rules, and they don't make sense. Um to, to the point where I went online and was like, let's see what the Sabak Reddit has to say about this. There is no Reddit quite that specific. Uh, so get on it, Reddit people. Um, but there does seem to be some disagreement about how one of the like normal choices, normal moves in the game is actually supposed to work. Well, let me to paint a picture for people because I'm... Uh, I saw these cards last week after you had just come back mm. from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Thank you. And um, looking at today, because it is the beginning of fall, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this like a coffin or something? Right. Because it is shaped like, wait, coffin or casket? Coffin. It's shaped <laughs> like a coffin. Because coffins except are- Except it's like perfectly symmetrical. Like a coffin, I feel like, is more the, the top side of it is wider. Oh, right? sure. Or like... Yes, because yeah. that's where your like shoulders would be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, and by yours, I mean a dead person. No, and that, it was a threat. <laughs> Nosferatu, very that's broad right. shoulders. <laughs> famously, Nosferatu, famously broad shoulders. Um, an important distinction between a coffin and a casket. Right, because a casket that's just a rectangle. Yes. Yeah. And a coffin is, you know, like what you would, what a, what a Dracula would sleep in. Like what a Dracula sleeps in. You, you guys know. I'm not yeah. really painting a picture no. other than just to tell you to imagine what you already know to be true. <laughs> that this is the shape of the Sabak deck as it sits uh, standing upright on my, my uh, what is that, a desk? Yeah, but again, <laughs> to really paint the picture, because as you pointed out, Patrick, a casket, the sh- like where your shoulders would go. Where somebody, where Nosferatu's shoulders would go, That's right. is higher up. This is if Nosferatu had like really wide hips. Sure, or or if Nosferatu was also Quasimodo. <laughs> yes. Uh, Which yes, that's a great idea for a movie. What if Nosferatu was also Quasimodo? Yep. I mean, yeah, I'm buying it. I'm there. Speaking of, I'm buying it, and I'm there. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You know, you want to borrow it. Uh, and you can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with a mailing address. This doesn't have to be the address where you live. I get that that's weird. 
Maybe it's a place where you go to school or where you work or a P.O. box where you pick up mysterious packages. That's fine. I send it there. You play the game as long as you want. You send it back to us. Costs you nothing. Nothing. It's the perfect program, except that it involves Sonic Forces. It's the one hiccup. That's right. In an otherwise perfect program. But uh, I think we can overlook that and still consider the program perfect. Uh, By the way, it's been sitting here for like two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> I need to send it out to someone. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that you need to send out or that need to be sent out in general, uh, your Super Mario Maker 2, <coughs> two levels, uh, we want to play them. Yeah, we love playing them. We love when you send them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a level this week. Yes, uh, uh, we were tweeted a level at Borland Corp, uh, sent us a level based on the first dungeon in Link's Awakening. Um, and I don't know what I was expecting necessarily i think i i thought it was going to be more of like a thematic nod to it or like have similar puzzle elements which i feel like is usually when you see one of these levels that says like oh it's a recreation of x yeah it usually is more like inspired by yeah and unless it's especially if you're going from any other genre to mario right um I, you know, I, I did the uh, um, Doki Doki Panic Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, World 1-1, one, one, and I kind of did that, like, one for one. Um, but, like, this level was a surprising, like, almost one for one recreation that, like, I knew where I was in the geometry of the level because I was familiar with um, Link's Awakening. And just, like, really used the Mario Maker tools in interesting ways mm-hmm. to, like, lay out the dungeon. Like, the part where once you get the rock feather or in this case just like mario's cape feather yeah which Uh, we referred to as the rock feather as we were uh (laughs) talking our way through the level and then uh you know you now that you have it you can hit that one block that shoots the fire that sets the bomb Mm -hmm. off like it was just really cool it was really well thought out and very long like in a way that i feel like we ran out of time yeah and these like one-to-one levels normally aren't i feel like yeah usually not this faithful yeah, um, so that was super fun. Check that out. Uh, we will leave the uh, number, the code for the level in the episode description. Um, also, one more thing I wanted to uh, draw attention to um, that's sort of like off our normal um, uh, off our normal program here is that 8-Bit Betty, the, uh, the, the man who does the music for our show, is putting out a new single this week, uh, tomorrow. So you can't check it out now, but tomorrow um, he's, got, he's putting out a new song. Uh, and obviously you listen to, I don't know, like maybe two minutes worth of A-Bit a- Betty twice a week. Uh, so like, go go check out his stuff. Um, he's on Twitter um, at 8-Bit Betty Music. He's also on Facebook and uh, his website is just 8BitBetty.com. So check all that out. I'm so excited to hear new 8-Bit Betty music. Um, that is one of the reasons that I commissioned him to do the music for this show um, was I just wanted more of his music in the world. And it's here um all right mark let's uh let's hear some sweet sweet ape betty music and uh get into what we've been playing i think we've both been playing some legend of zelda Link's awakening you could say that i've been playing some of it yes on friday night no, Thursday night, I crashed real early. I don't know why I had like a little bit of a headache, was just sort of tired. Uh, I had done two days at, at Disney earlier in the week, so I think that was all just like catching up with me. Um, so I was down by like 9.30, right? And then I woke up, as you, you know, as, as happens when you go to bed too early, at like 
three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, what do I do with this time? I'm awake now. I can't. I suppose I could have worked. <laughs> but I was like, no, forget it. I will play Link's Awakening. Three dungeons later, I go to bed. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so, and, and is it about at that three dungeon mark where my like automatic recall of the game starts to fade away, um, and I have to like work on the puzzles myself? Uh, long story short, I rolled credits on it this morning. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, how long do you think it took you? Um, I I don't know, maybe uh, like nine or ten hours. Yeah, I, that seems to be the general consensus. I have not made it that far yet, so I, I am. <laughs> Where you did, where you made it the first night, yeah, the first baby. Morning, um, <laughs> I just got the five golden feathers for Richard. Oh yes, and am in that next uh dungeon. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun. It like the game isn't too. The dungeons aren't too obtuse yet at that point. Um, I do think that by the uh like seventh and eighth dungeons that they're real noodle scratchers where you got to be like, wait a minute, what am where am I going here? I'll tell you something I did for the first time ever. Um, I played the Color Dungeon, um, which is available only in the DX uh, release of this, uh, originally for the Game Boy Color, um, which uh, is a really simple dungeon. All the puzzles are color-based, which I'm sure was novel on the Game Boy uh, at the time. Uh, but, you know, as just like a, it just, it was like a fun little like extra thing that I um, could do after already completing the game. Do you think that this game, because really this is the first time that we've seen, I think truthfully, a Nintendo game that probably previously would have been on handheld, I'm not yes. counting Sushi Strikers, for the full 60 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm only a few hours into it, but I'm totally enjoying it. Like, I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's the end that of the question. A, that is was it? a question, uh, yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, I, I also find it to be definitely worth it. Um, if for, cause you know, like, I guess the, the other side of it was like, if this was a 3DS game, it would have been at a $40 price point. Um, and like, would I rather pay $40 for it? Yeah, I guess. But that game's not going to look as nice as this game. Yeah. It it's not going it definitely to sound as, as nice as this game. Um, uh, Greg, previous guest, uh, Greg Smith and I were texting about the music in this game. Um, and uh, he helped me articulate something that had been bothering me for a while. People have been saying that the um, the score for the game is uh, fully orchestrated, which is kind of true, but it is more accurately uh, arranged for a very small chamber orchestra. Um, and specifically, the main overworld Zelda theme is performed by just a string quartet. So it sounds so transparent. Like, you can hear every single layer, and everything is just so well articulated. Um, it's just great. Um, the, the music is so, so, so good. So I, last night I was playing, and I couldn't tell if that's just how it was supposed to be or if it was, like, some weird glitch. Like, in the dungeon, yeah. it feels there's, like, a hard stop. On the it, music? Yeah, and yeah. then it, like, starts to loop again. But every time it feels like a mistake to me. <laughs> I mean, that that's interesting because, like, the dungeons are probably the place where you are playing with the same music cue for the longest. So maybe it's happening everywhere and you just don't, like, hear the natural end of those music loops. Because, um, like, if you are in uh, Mabe Village or Maybe Village or however uh, it, it's pronounced, um, it goes through, like, a number of different, like, arrangements of that texture. Mm -hmm. um, before it like has to start over again, 
but usually by that point you've gone into a house or you've gone into the field or into the forest or down to the beach and the music has changed. Um, so I wonder if that's that's really like a symptom of that, that you hear the end of the loop. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was really bothersome. And I mean, whatever, it didn't matter that much, but it was it very bothered, noticeable. It bothered <laughs> Mark. Uh, the other thing I think is really interesting <laughs> is obviously they made a lot of quality of life improvements, but this game is very much a recreation of the Game Boy game. Totally. Kind of to a fault almost. Like there's some areas where I'm surprised that they didn't make changes. Like one of the things that's annoying to me about the Game Boy game is before you get like the, uh, I always call it the power glove, but the power bracelet. Yeah. And you can lift things like pots. Uh, every time you try to lift one, you get the same dialogue. Is that the one that starts, huh? Or something like that. Yeah. And then like same with every time you pick up what are they called? Like the extra shield power up or like the yeah, extra. The, the, there's like the defense acorn and like a, a triforce of power. Or yeah. Like it makes you see the dialogue box every time, which was something that happened on the Game Boy game. I just yeah. don't understand why we also have to do it here. So it is a little bit improved here in that in in all of those cases, all those uh, chunks of forced dialogue box is just one box. In the original release, it was two. So you had to like scroll through Right, and you text. can press B and yeah. it like uh, reveals it all quicker. the text immediately yeah. and like all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Obviously, doesn't get in the way of my enjoyment of the game. There's been a lot of to do about the frame rate, which I think is definitely noticeable. And it happens at like weird times. Yeah. Like you go into and one of the rooms. Unfortunately, early too. Yeah. Like there's so much going on in the initial town. Like, you know, there's like smoke coming out of chimneys and there's a lot of grass. It's the same thing that uh, Breath of the Wild got hung up on too, where it's like, oh yeah, there's uh, a lot of leaves of grass blowing around. Like that's not, I, it can't calculate but, it or but something. But the thing that's like weird to me is that it happens at times that I find inexplicable. Cause yeah, like when a lot is happening on screen, I totally understand that. But also you like go into um, the little tree houses where there's the phone mm -hmm. and the frame rate suddenly drops to like 30 frames per second. Yeah. So I think that has something to do with the lighting in those rooms because mm -hmm. there are like little particle effects oh, uh, sure. like behind the phone, um, which I mean, like this is a well, it is causing the game to perform like not flawlessly in these areas. Um all of the spaces are so lovingly decorated. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful game. I mean, there's, there's like, everyone's got, like, a pot of soup on. And, like, there are, they're just, they're, there's so much. The game already had personality on, on the Game Boy. And they just have done such a nice job of fleshing out that personality in every little visual detail. Um, and having been now all over the island and kind of a bunch of times because I'm I'm trying to get all of the seashells mm -hmm. and all the heart Which pieces. Which there's more of now. There's like there 50 are, instead yeah, of the yeah. 25 of the original? 30, I, something I think like there that? were 30 in the original, but I, I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a, a great time like really poking around and like, you know, forcing myself to see all, all the details of the world. I was so hyped for this game, and yeah. it's definitely lived up to that. I'm just really loving being in this version of Hyrule. Uh, well, <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, also this weekend, I played a little bit of Tetris 99, because, hey, I guess there was a Tetris Maximus Cup this weekend. I think it got announced in between our news episode and Friday. Yeah, or possibly on... We recorded news oh, that's early, right. we recorded early this early. week. Um, so it is possible that we missed that announcement. Um, but it is a uh, Kirby... What's the name of this new Kirby game? 
Um, I don't remember. I didn't I write it down. Um, so the the like free to play or free to start um, Kirby game. Um, so it is based on that theme. Luckily, it is like generic enough that it just reads as like a, a Kirby theme. Is it cute? Yeah, it's super cute, and it's it plays the Kirby music, and mm-hmm. uh, you know when you lose, it goes da 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 which is great. Um, and also in playing it and getting the theme, I unlocked some uh, gem apples. So. I don't know what that means. It means it's like the premium currency. Oh, it's the currency in the Super Clash? I mean, maybe. Kirby Kirby Super Super Clash? I don't think that's right. But it could be. Here's the thing. It will be eventually. It it definitely will be. That will be the name of a Kirby game if it is not already. Um, I was working in my head on how to get out a How Do You Like Gem Apples? (laughs) I like that a lot. Uh, But I I didn't succeed, so... (laughs) Uh, I also picked up Sayonara Wild Hearts. Very good. Which is um, a game that I w- was looking forward to. I think it's aesthetically really nice. I like the idea of it. I am not that far. I only played like the first four levels while I was waiting for Link's Awakening to unlock Thursday night at 9 p.m. But I am not really glomming onto it. Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know what it is. So... Can you talk a little bit about what the the game is? Yeah, so um, it has kind of like a loose story around it. You're uh, you play as a woman who goes through like a terrible breakup, and then uh, kind of like transforms into an alter ego, I would say. And that so you're like going through different environments. It's like an on rails rhythm game. Okay. And really, the uh, of what I have played, I believe they call that the highway. <laughs> Like in Guitar Hero. <laughs> and uh, ba- uh, basically what the gameplay seems to be so far is like um, you're going through this level. There's music. Uh, but my experience, and maybe I'm really bad at this game, is that it's n- like the actions you're taking or like where you're directing your character doesn't really seem to be timed to the music all that well. Oh, interesting. Or all that closely, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, So there's like... Uh, uh, like gems or items that you're like picking up to increase your score. Yeah, gem apples. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, you know, there's like three rails usually, and so you're trying to determine like which rail you should be in to get the most gems, and then occasionally there are like action sequences with other characters that at that point you are like pushing the A button in rhythm to mm. it. So I really love the aesthetics. One knock against the game, and it's just my personal preferences. I hate games that grade you at the end and i know it's supposed to encourage you to do, do better, like right. do better and like go back and play again i haven't but i i just haven't found the gameplay that interesting to make me want to go back or yeah. even really to go forward it might just be like for whatever reason it's not clicking for me because a lot of people seem to really like this game and i do think that aesthetically like it's right up my alley but it just didn't like deliver whatever i was looking for out of it yeah do you think uh that like it's just gonna take you being like a different mindset do you think you'll go back to it or is like i think i'll try to press on and see if like the levels get more like interesting yeah um i mean it it is tough we we're going to get to some uh the new releases here in in a minute uh and the calendar is loaded so like you know if if it misses this window that might be it's last chance at right. grabbing your like, attention. I, I'm glad I I'm glad I checked it out because I was interested in it. I think if you if someone is interested in it and you own an iOS device, I would just get like the month free trial of Apple Arcade and play it there. Yeah. Um. 
and if you really like it, you know, you can pick it up on Switch later or something. What uh, what did it cost you on Switch? I Do think you remember? fifteen bucks. Okay, not not terrible. Yeah, not super cheap either, though. I also picked up Untitled Goose Game, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Oh man, I'm just excited to play it eventually. That is a, another one that I'm uh, also excited to play eventually. And when we get to the new releases, uh, we'll see why. I'll probably never get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another game that I uh, have played a little bit this last week is Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, which remains a, an excellent game. We've gotten a couple emails about uh, people's experiences with uh, Fire Emblem, one from Dustin and one from Lewis. Um, and uh, Dustin, thank you, Dustin, for writing in, as, as you uh, frequently do, wrote us a long email. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm going to address, so we're going to address pieces of this. Um, so uh, he has discrete headings. Thank you, Dustin, for being very clear on this. Uh, he said, uh, un- under the heading, playtime. Um, I just finished the Battle of Eagle and Lion in Fire Emblem, just like Mark. Uh, that said, I looked at our playtimes, and somehow Mark has been playing for about 10 hours, and I'm at over 40. Evidently, I am wasting a lot of time, but I'm really enjoying this game and trying to make the most of it. Uh, except the tea parties, those felt stressful uh, to make sure that you pick the right options in conversation. So stressful. Uh, I did one, felt awkward the whole time, and have never gone back. Even, let me tell you, as somebody who has used a guide because I want to get these perfect tea parties. Yeah. I have not found a good guide. No. It, well, because sometimes I think it gives you three bad options. <laughs> and I think that's just like luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, my, my buddy, Andrew, who uh, we talked about on the show uh, last week, um, has, uh, you know, all of the uh, Korok seeds in both the regular <laughs> Breath of the Wild and the Master Mode, uh, is a maniac um, and is trying to play... Um, three houses right now uh and he's been texting me like wait uh should i do this or should i do this should i do this or should i do this uh and i think one of the things to let go of in this game is the idea of like a perfect playthrough or like optimizing especially early on like just let yourself make some of the mistakes and like yeah maybe that's like stressful or whatever but i think like finding success in like tea parties and stuff like that is just doing them and knowing that they're not all going to be perfect. And I also, this very much to me feels like a game that is meant to be replayed totally. multiple times. Yeah. That you're not going to be able to do it all. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do it all or see it all in one playthrough. I'm curious, I'm interested to know how Dustin was a- has been able to do it, has been able to play for 40 hours. I wonder if some of that is just like, I am playing the all the battles on like easy mode and I'm oh, basically yeah. just like auto battling through a ton to it through a ton of it. So I think that speeds it up a lot. I'm all I also wonder if like if you are doing exploration every day, you know, like every opportunity. And also like I'll jump in here okay, with yeah, the, yeah, the, the part of, uh, so uh, under the heading of exploring um Dustin says uh I have a feeling that this is where I'm spending too much time or so much more time than Mark. Um each time I explore I make sure to go through every corner of the explorable space. How are you both handling this? For some reason it feels like I would be missing out on things if I didn't explore everywhere in the monastery each month. Um I might not get all the items, might miss out on part of the story, etc. Uh, maybe this is not really required though. Thoughts? Um so I do one once a month. I do the the explore the monastery, um, and I hit up. Uh, I I look at the map and see where there are like the three dots of like someone has something to say to me, um, and then I pick up found items along the way. And if I have a specific goal, like there's a tournament that I want someone to participate in, or if I know I want to fish, then I engage in that. Otherwise, I kind of 
don't spend too much time in the monastery. And, and after the time jump, it becomes way less necessary. I, and I was going to ask, it does continue after the time jump. Yeah. Though, like you have the opportunity. Um, so in, in one form or another. I don't gotcha. want to sure, give away yeah, yeah. exactly what it um, is. I, I think I split the difference between you and Dustin. Like, exploration of the monastery is kind of my favorite part. But it's I, so fun. But I definitely don't like scour every corner of the map every time. Yeah. Like I don't talk to every character every time. I kind of just like get my fill. And then once I've used my action points yep. and you know, like the sun goes down and it plays the chimes or whatever, yeah. then I'm usually like wrapping things up and calling it a day. Like I don't linger too long. So I'm, I'm sure that's definitely part of it. Cause you could spend a really long time if you were trying to talk to like every person. Yeah. And really like trying to figure out how to maximize everything. Yeah. It's, uh, th there's a lot that as I'm deeper in the game now that I almost wish I had like, uh, reprioritize some of my time, but not in a way I, I think that's detrimental. Like I know I've seen, uh, you know, videos of people scrolling through their, um, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the lineup of characters, the, your class, I forget what it's called. Uh, whatever, but they have all the ki they've recruited everyone. Uh huh. Uh, and like that's attractive in that like completionist sort of way, but I don't really think uh, that the game needs to be played that way. You know, like having your own experience of it and recruiting the people that you got to recruit is cool. It means like that's the way that you played the game. Yeah, I that I completely agree. To me, um, it it would be difficult unless you really wanted to devote the time. Like yeah. this, this game to me feels like the optimal way to do it is just like curate a group of people that you want to really like have an experience with. Yeah. And trying to do that with everybody, just it doesn't seem like you would really be getting the most that this game has to offer. Yeah, totally. Also, that could be where a lot of time goes to. Uh, one of the headings in Dustin's email here is recruiting. We're doing a pretty good job of answering this question um, now. Um, but he, he mentions that he was only able to recruit um uh two two characters one from black eagle one from golden deer um raphael and casper um respectively good picks by the way uh casper's my boy i'm playing uh in golden deer and i was like yes i want to i want to uh, recruit this guy um and raphael come on he's so big you gotta love he, raphael he can't fit in that shirt i can't fit in that coffin <laughs> He's got wider shoulders than Nosferatu. Um, Who has famously wide shoulders. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Dustin also asks a question about classes. Um, and uh, this is another where I, I think he's maybe being too thorough. He says, uh, before I started the game, I found a guide on what uh, class options I had. Then I mapped each of my house of students to one of the master classes. Then I set my goals for each student on a path toward these final classes. I'm not sure this is the most optimal way to build the team, but I felt like it would be a fun way by ensuring I got to try each of the unit types. What are your favorite types of classes? I think as long as you're having fun, like yeah. do whatever you want. Totally. For me, I've a hundred percent just been like, this sounds like I haven't looked up anything about the classes. Yeah. So I'm just like, as they come up, like this sounds cool. Like do this when people are like, I want to become, I want to change my goal. I want to become this, like a Pegasus man or whatever they're called yeah. instead. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Follow your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think that that is a fun give and take to uh, like sometimes when they're like, I want to change my goals. You're like, all right, great. Who cares? Yeah, do it. And then other times, other times being like, no, I have plans. For <laughs> exactly. You. you are a thief and you shall always be a thief. 
Once a th- you are born a street rat and you'll die a street rat. Um, I am really enjoying my Raphael right now. Is I uh, I think it's called War Master. Um, it's like the brawler class um, leveled up like to to the highest. Um, and he almost always deals. He almost always hits four times, which I love. Um, and his uh, critical hit rating is like. 35% or something like that. So he's usually killing everyone. <laughs> uh, and he also, I his armor class is high enough that he has, um, uh, I think it's called like focus heal or something. He can heal up to 50% of his hit points um, by just uh, using a like, uh, uh, like battle thing. Are you, con- are, you, are you playing online? Like are you connected online Ye- when you're playing? Uh, yeah, Because you know so, how yeah. like in loading screens it'll be like, oh, the people who were sent on missions the most this month. And to me, some of those people are like, I'm like, how? How is like, uh, I, I can't think of a character like off the top of my head. But some of the, like the characters, I'm like, I'm not using them at all. What's going on? Like, they're not even on my radar. Yeah. Well, I mean, different people use uh, different characters. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, Dustin, for, for writing in. We have one more email that is not quite as long. Still on the subject of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. This is from Lewis. Um, hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> like both of you, I have been truly obsessed with Three Houses since it came out, but I have been deeply troubled by a looming specter that grows closer with every hour. Hopefully, you can take this decision. Take this decision entirely out of my hands, or at least provide some insight. I speak, of course, to the choice of romance for Byleth. (laughs) Nearing the end of the game, I have lots of options at S rank, but three have particularly captured my affections. Can you help me decide between Sylvain, Hanneman, and Sedith? Lewis is playing as the female Byleth. So, none of these would be my choice. Would would be my main choice. These are all like uh, the people in the monastery and or teachers. Uh, is I th- Sylvain is Sylvain's a student, right? Oh, so Sylvain. Uh, yes, Sylvain is a student. So that's the answer. Sylvain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely not Hanneman. No. Boo. He's like a weird, creepy old man. And <laughs> Sedith. Come on. <laughs> he, that guy's just gonna be mad at you for like creeping He's on his sister. Be so mad. Uh, so that's we we have spoken. The answer, of course, is Sylvain. Mark, this has been the longest of this segment that we've ever done. Let's get into the new releases. And oh wow, are there a lot of new releases? Yeah, here's another long segment. <laughs> We're really in the thick of it. Okay, not a lot of news though. So today <laughs> balances out. September twenty fourth. In Shake- the in the year of our Lord 2019, let it be noted. Shakedown Hawaii uh-huh. is coming out on the 3DS eShop, which need we remind you, mm-hmm. you can't buy anything with your credit card on the eShop anymore. That's right. Effective September 1, <laughs> you are no longer able to buy anything with your credit card on the 3DS eShop. If you want to buy Shakedown Hawaii on the 3DS eShop, you have to buy points some other way. I don't get it. Also out today, mm-hmm. Dead by Daylight, right? Contra Rogue Corpse. That's why everybody get your alien gut buckets out, right? Okay, let's actually recap this a little bit <laughs> because you and keep I keep saying that like it's a yep. thing people should remember, and no one should. You and I glommed onto it, but I don't. I have not seen anyone else on the internet repeat. No, it. we're the only people with alien gut bucket tattoos across our guts. That's right. It is one tattoo <laughs> that we share. Mine says alien gut, and Mark says okay. bucket. <laughs> That's not alien gucket. <laughs> Wait, are we missing a person? 
when this game was revealed for uh, during the Nintendo Direct at E3, um, you know, it looked gross, and part of the gross like ad copy for it was like, "Blow open your alien gut bucket," uh, and we were like, "Huh." <laughs> So, Alien Gut Bucket, live with it, or, you know. Yeah, Conjure's a franchise that I don't have any love for, and I feel like n- nobody really does anymore. Like, I think so people, wait, I think people nostalgia do. Yes. for the old games. And this game looks nothing like those. At all. It's like a top-down... Like, uh, team-based... Yeah, like, come I on. don't know. Um, anyways, really, that's out. Really, really down on that game. <laughs> uh, although, I still hold that the person who wrote the line, Alien Gut Bucket, should be a millionaire. The one who wrote it on our chests? <laughs> That person is a millionaire, right? Because we had to pay them a million dollars to do it. <laughs> um, Star Wars Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast is released. I think it's like twenty bucks or something. So I'm kind of like interested Ooh. if there was not so much else coming out right now. Right. Uh, September 25th on Wednesday, Mario Kart Tour is available on your mobile device. Um, also, if you uh, have it uh, pre-ordered or whatever, um, Nintendo mobile games have been popping early. Um, so it is possible that it will be available at some point today. Right, Who yeah. Knows? Um, and then on September 26th, Darksiders 2 Death Initiative Edition. I wish they released. wouldn't do that. Those puns don't, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's not worth the work. Yeah, that's right. September 27th, Dragon Quest 11S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition is released for Switch, a day that I've been simultaneously looking forward to and dreading because I still have Link's Awakening. Yep. I still have Fire Emblem Three Houses. You bet. Uh, I still have Untitled Goose Game, but I really want to play this game. So Goose Game, you can knock out in like an hour and a half. But also, just skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition uh, coming out on Switch. Um, as as uh, is well established on the show, I have tried this game or like the original release of this on PlayStation, and got kind of hung up on the music and uh, you know the fact that I had to be in front of my TV to play it all the time. Um, I feel like this is going to unlock all of the secret joys of this game, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to playing. Yeah, all it. the footage I've seen, like it looks really beautiful on the Switch. Yeah, like they, it seems like they didn't have to do that much of a downgrade. Plus, it has like the 16-bit version. Yeah, all the oh, orchestrations, God, all the I voice acting. I'm 16-bit version. Really looking forward to this. Uh, also, out on the 27th, Ori and the Blind Forest, Forest Definitive Edition is released, as well as Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Two, and Dragon Quest Three are all being released on the eShop. Yes, uh, and if if we had mentioned that those first three games were coming out uh, or talked about them uh, before, they had been announced for uh, Japanese release, uh, and then. Um, Probably on the Monday between when we recorded the news episode and released the news episode, they were announced for North America. Um, do any of those do I anything for you? I strongly recommend Dragon Quest Quest Three. Oh, okay. I think you would love it. It's an amazing game. I mean, all of them are good. Dragon Quest kind of. I mean, I, I played you know, the original. Like, yeah, Dragon yeah. Quest Three is so good. I think you would really enjoy it. Um, and I think it would be fun for you to like discover a eight bit RPG that like you haven't played before. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like that that is a kind of experience that I want to have like all the time. Uh, so the fact that I'm like that I could have that sort of in concert with a uh, Dragon Quest Eleven experience is very exciting to me. Also on September twenty seventh is FIFA twenty twenty, or just twenty? No, I guess it is twenty twenty. Whatever, you get the idea. 
The new FIFA, okay? Uh, Mark, when are we going to play all these games? I don't know. Like, I am legitimately stressed out with the amount of games that I want to play and the limited amount of time that I have to play them. <sighs> all right. Let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on this show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, summer is over. It's fall. It is currently fall. I, so let's rank the seasons. Okay. Um, normal rules. We will come to an uh, an agreement. That's this right. list will be definitive, and we will remain friends afterwards. <clears throat> I what, mean, what 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 do you think? I'm I'm gonna throw out I, what I think is an easy number four. An easy low point is winter. Winter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean that that is uh, it's a low hanging fruit. Uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I think. I have to back that play uh, that winter is the worst. The only thing that people like about winter, with good reason, is the holiday season. Uh, and snow. I think people like snow. I think people like the idea of snow. And, and they I like think... it as it's falling gently. Yes. Uh-huh. And you hear the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack in your head. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, but it can also kill you. It can also kill you. Which it gets summer dirty can really. too. Summer, yes. Look, summer. Summer might be number either. three. Might be might be number three. I think a hundred percent because those are both extremes, right? Yeah. You have the extreme of winter and you have the extreme of summer. Summer, I think, is has a better connotations because of like summer break, hot girl summer. Dude, where's my car? Famously yeah. released in summer. <laughs> sure. Look, and there's always a song of the summer, which just means here's a fun song that came out. Right. Like summer has like a fun connotation. So yes, it, you know, are we killing the earth and mm. you know the sun huh? is going to destroy us or the winter turn. is going to destroy I don't, I don't us? Know what's yeah, happening of here. course. <laughs> but right. I think summer is more fun than winter. Absolutely. And e- even though like winter is loaded up with holidays but that's because but also not technically right i guess like it really just has christmas and new year's and, and like valentine's day right and like civil rights you know like day like sure, depending sure. but no totally i mean christmas and christmas just barely gets in Don't under just the wire squeaks in yeah right and so usually you're thinking like oh winter uh great we've had like christmas and we've had new, new year year's. and like it must be spring soon right no no winter not for just a long time. started oh my Gosh. It's endless. And then you don't see the sun for like three months, depending on where you live. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, so, so that's winter. The, that's the bottom. Summer. Summer. I, I'm going to, I am, ugh, this one is actually pretty hard for me, between fall and spring. I think I'm going to say spring. At number two? At number one. So fall at number two. Okay, so I have them opposite of that, and I'll tell you why. Um, spring is too wet. And oh, too disagree. muddy. Um, that that is the time of year that I am most likely to track in some mud, and I don't I don't need that. Also, uh, the uh, pollen situation is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, allergies? No, thank you. I would like to, you know, I uh, in the spring I always want to like windows open and like you know sleeping without like air conditioning on and without you know just like at one with nature. 
But no, the pollen is out there to mess up your breathing. Spring is spring is basically like good summer, and yes. winter is basically like good winter. Or fall is basically yes. like good winter. So I like spring because... And a good winter to you. <laughs> and to you also. I, uh, I, I like spring because we're kind of like on the up track towards summer. Like it's getting brighter outside. Sure. You're not heading towards the worst season. I think fall, I really like, I think fall is the most evocative season, mm. like autumn, yes. right? Um, and because of, it's getting like colder yeah, and it's a little bit wintry, like it's all the fun of wearing scarves and jackets without like the freezing cold part of it. Yeah. But autumn for me, I think it really depends on where I'm living because in LA, you don't really have much of a fall. It's kind of just more summer until it starts to rain. It's like annoying summer because you're like, but it's October. Why is it still 95 degrees outside? Yeah. So, I mean, I will say that in Los Angeles, probably I don't really, I mean, what even are our seasons, right? Right. All I know is I think summer is probably my least favorite out here. Um, but I hope more holistically, the like leaves turning, the way uh, like nature smells um, at that time. Uh-oh. I mean, I think we did it. I think, I think, I think we did it. I guess we'll always know. Um, do we were accompanied today by the pianist Elliot Schwartz? Thank you, Elliot. All right, uh, Mark. Let's get into the news. In an interview with IGN, Zelda series producer Eiji Aonuma said that Shigeru Miyamoto encouraged him to make a game with Super Mario Maker-like ga- gameplay only for Zelda, which is something that I think a lot of fans have wanted since. Mario Maker was announced. Oh, yeah. Zelda Maker has long been a, like, what if, uh, Marvel's what if, but for the real world. (laughs) And so the Chamber Dungeons feature in Link's Awakening is meant to address Miyamoto's request. You access this by hanging out with Dampy, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun. The Gravekeeper. Mark, have you messed around with this feature much? I haven't. I've... uh, Dampy, you know, was talking to me, and he's like, hey, when you're not so busy, come back. And so I, I went to his cabin. I was like, oh, what is this going to be? And it was just the Chamber Dungeon thing, which offhand I don't really have a lot of interest in. So I was playing with it uh, today and kind of really enjoyed it. Um, it is like a severely limited sort of scope, but like he sets these challenges for you where he's like, here are a couple rooms that you know must be in here. Here must be uh, a place with a treasure chest and you can oh. fill in like the, the, the gaps. Um, and, you know, there's no point where the game is like, okay, now go ahead and, like, do it tile by tile and make your own rooms. Um, and you can't really make puzzles, but you can insert puzzles from uh, dungeons that you've already played. Um, so, like, it is obviously not a full-featured uh, Zelda maker or even a full-featured Zelda dungeon maker. Um, but I think it has more potential than uh, I am realizing at, mm-hmm. at, at the moment. And I think more than um, a lot of other people are giving it credit. Can you share these levels? Uh, not online. You can't. Mm. Um, you can save them to Amiibo. Uh, and there was a little bit where I was like, should I get a bunch of like Animal Crossing bargain bin Amiibo, uh, load them up with levels and send them out to our listeners? Like, would that be fun? Listeners, would that be fun? Oh, actually, when I was in Best Buy last week, and yeah. they had, I am not exaggerating, an entire shelf yeah. that was all Pichu Amobi. Um, a Moby. <laughs> what? A, what? A, what just, ha- just happened to Mark? First was that climate thing, and now now this. Pichu Amiibo. <laughs> Mister Amobi is my father. 
In your defense, you just said two made-up words next to each other. Uh, literally an entire shelf, just yeah. like stock full of them. So, yeah, you could definitely find Trash Amiibo out there that we could send to people. That's actually a super fun idea. Yeah, so maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll get some uh, Amobi and... Uh, no, they'll be Amiibo, and then we'll, like, spray paint them or something. <laughs> Call them Amobi, and then send them out to you. Amubu? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, in an interview with Edge, Aonuma revealed that he always had the dungeon design from Link's Awakening in the back of his mind when working on the 3D dungeons in Ocarina of Time. So this is a cool little interview. Um, he's talking about... Um, so he wasn't working on uh, the Zelda series when... Link's Awakening came out and joined for Ocarina, um, and that more than any of the previous Zelda games, um, this is the one that sort of like led the design philosophy in uh, making the dungeons in Ocarina of Time. This is cool. Coinciding with the release of Link's Awakening, Nintendo released eight Zelda-themed levels in Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah, um, so this is neat, um, and not anything that you would know from just like playing um, the game. Uh, like there's not a separate tab in the course world where it's like check out these levels that right Nintendo or any has. sort of like announcement or I mean it was an, an like, easy place that you can like search for them or yeah they're like, like highlighted or listed they are not however they did release uh, like an image with these eight levels um, and their uh, level codes uh, we will be tweeting that out and putting it on our Facebook page so you can check out uh, eight new Nintendo made Zelda themed levels. A new Galarian Pokemon has been revealed. Hurrah! Uh, this time it's a new evolution for the uh, Gen 1 classic Farfetch'd, mm-hmm. which is a duck with a green onion. Mm-hmm. A leek. A leek. Uh, the new Pokemon is called Surfetch'd. That's right. And it's basically uh, Farfetch'd, but his leek is now like a sword. Yes. And he also has a really cute shield. Yeah, so it looks like the... Sword and shield are made from the same leak. That he, like, ripped apart with his great strength. He's like, now this is a weapon. Uh, The Pokemon was teased in the glitched-out image on Pokemon's Twitter account before being revealed last week. He's exclusive to the sword version of the game, as if you needed, needed another reason to get sword. Yeah, it's why would you get shield at this point? I mean, I guess maybe there's, they're going to show, an, like, a Galarian evolution exclusive to shield. I mean, of another, like, Gen 1, like, weirdo like that? That's going to be as appealing? I, it's so cute. It's, this game yeah. is unbelievably cute. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple times, but I think the design aesthetic for Sword and Shield is way more coherent, way more cohesive than previous Pokemon games. Because they were, like, fun, like, Alolan forms. Yeah. But across the board, there wasn't anything that, like, got me as excited. Right. I mean, there's just the one, and I always forget its name, the uh, Alolan Executor. With a super long neck. Uh, uh-huh. It's uh, like that, a palm tree. Yeah, that thing's remarkable. Everything else, garbage. <laughs> uh, the Wall Street Journal's Takashi Mochizuki reported that Nintendo was aggressive in pursuing the $199.99 price point for the Switch Lite. Doing so required them to actively cut costs and strongly negotiating with one of their suppliers for a lower price on some component parts, likely referring to the battery. Um, Is that... So, like, in the uh, the article goes on to, uh, you know, say that Nintendo's trying to uh, sort of own the low the low price point, the low buy-in uh, part of the market. Um, does that what is what is like an Xbox One S cost right now? I mean, probably 
like probably like 250 maybe maybe like probably close to 200 i feel like they're doing deals for that sort of thing all the time yeah and i mean especially as we're heading into like the new generation of consoles at the end of next year and like uh with google stadia being like a zero buy-in if if you want um that yeah it's it's interesting to see them be like uh to say that like they're holding down the low end or the low price point entry point um but it's still being at two hundred dollars i mean i get it the switch is a a pretty impressive piece of hardware um i it just makes me wonder if it's still so much more expensive than like a, a 3ds right i mean it's is it really though because what was a um, I mean, a 2DS right, was a like 2DS 80 like bucks, right? The original 2DS, but like a, a new 2DS oh, sure. is like, what, 130? A 3DS XL, like a new 3DS XL was one... Maybe 180. Or like 150 or something. Yeah. Like, right, that's only like a $50 price difference for a remarkably huge upgrade. Yeah. Plus, if the regular Switch continues to be 299 they really, you did have to kind of hold the line at that yeah, one ninety nine price point because otherwise the differentiation, the differ difference, the, the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the word I was looking for is difference. Ding ding. Um, it would you know just becomes like less and less. Yeah, sure. The value proposition of the light becomes or less even, and less. Uh, yeah, and or of the more. Right, exactly. It becomes less or of the more. <laughs> um, yeah. So just just an interesting point uh, that. Um, you know, Nintendo had to really make it happen to bring that thing in um, at a price point that low. We were asking a couple of weeks ago about what we can expect from Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC, and we have some more info about that. We have more info. So for free DLC, we're getting a new playable character, uh, Jaritza. Jaritza? Yeah, Jaritza. Saying like, but only in certain routes only. Yeah, I wonder if he's not available in uh, the... Uh, Black Eagles scenario. Mm, uh, also, some new support conversations, presumably featuring Jaritza. Uh, new activities, new online features. Coming for paid DLC, there's a new playable character, Anna. Um, Anna, of course, being the uh, merchant that sells you stuff that goes, Welcome! Um, she has been a playable character in previous Fire Emblem games and is always a merchant in them. She's the Fire Emblem Universe's Sid, basically. That's awesome. Uh, new support conversations, presumably featuring uh, Jaritza. New activities. Oh, wait. You've I'm gone, you've repeating gone, yes. <laughs> what we were reading before. So new playable character, Anna. New monastery facilities, uh, which obviously is going to be the sauna. Uh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. Uh, new online something, Anna and Jaritza paralogs, new quests around 10, new activities. Oh, uh, yes. Obviously sauna playing with dogs and cats, playing with dogs and cats, uh, new costumes, including maid, butler, and more. Look, look, I'm not, whatever. whatever. I'm not judging. <laughs> I, 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 it's I'm, great. I'm into it. I it was exciting to see, uh, g- you can put glasses on Byleth now. <laughs> like I'm into it. Whatever the game wants to give me, I'm there for it. And also new battalions, uh, a maid battalion and a butler battalion. More which I on love. this as it develops, <laughs> of course. Uh, on the topic of paid DLC, the eShop listing for Luigi's Mansion 3 has revealed that there will be paid DLC for that game as well. No details about what that DLC will be at this time, but um, I am uh, I actually was reading somewhere that it said, or people were speculating, that it was uh, multiplayer DLC. Yeah, I, I read that uh, speculation as well. Um, 
which but i'm not sure where that was like coming from yeah me me neither um i mean uh yeah it it would be cool to, to just like add floors too you know mm-hmm. like and then that may be the kind of thing that like yes it would be cool and they'll just never do it just right. like you'll never get a new kingdom in mario odyssey like that's just not game's been out for over a year like it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen uh, Super NES controllers for use with the SNES Switch Online were made available to order last week. I was very sad. I, it was like last Tuesday when they became available. By the time I went to buy them, they were temporarily sold out. Oh, no. I don't know if they've come back since then. Yeah. I have not been able to order any yet. Um, but you have to be a member of... You have to have like a single membership for Nintendo Switch Online. They're $29.99 per controller. And there's a limit of four controllers per account. So when you say single account, <coughs> excuse me. When you say single account, if you have a family account, can you not? Uh, you you might be able to place one order, but it's not like everybody on the family account sure. is able to buy four of their sure. own. Sure. So you're still limited to to the four for the family account. If you can buy them at all, which I don't know. Sure. And it also has to be. I'm pretty sure this is true. It might not be. Uh, not during your trial period. Mm, so if mm-hmm. you started, uh, the uh. A switch online so that you could play these super nes games and we're like oh i'll get the free month first that doesn't count i think it's uh, only a week is it only I a think week you only get a free, uh, that, free that, seven that days. makes sense so you know it's only a, a, a week off uh that's really interesting i didn't know that they uh, were sold out at least for um some period yeah of time. like I, I i haven't checked i guess in the past couple of days but pretty regularly last week i was checking to see if they had any more available and they didn't at the time so I uh, if somebody bought four and I would totally buy one from you. Yep, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and let us know. And finally, this past Monday, September twenty tw- third, yesterday marks Nintendo's one hundred thirtieth birthday. So happy birthday, Nintendo! Happy birthday, Nintendo! I always think it's weird how old this company is. Yeah. It's pretty old. It's that's it's an old one. Happy birthday, Nintendo. All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Just a little extra eight bit Betty in there for you. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget to, like I did it on purpose, <laughs> don't forget to check out his uh, his new song. And hey, uh, if you've never listened to Ape Betty music outside of this podcast, like go check it out right now. Uh, ApeBetty.com, he's got four albums up there that you can just listen to uh, for free and then toss him a couple bucks or, you know, whatever. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. That sort of thing helps us out tremendously. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music at the same place I told you you could get it before, 8BitBetty.com, or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers, worshiping Surfetched, and saying thanks for listening.
Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.